This is the Risen Hope Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. I hope that you've had a restful and enjoyable weekend and that the week ahead will be successful and filled with God's glory and grace in your life. And if you've had a challenging week and your weekend wasn't so enjoyable or restful, I pray in the name of Christ Jesus that you continue to persevere in doing the will of God and may you be blessed by his strength, divine wisdom and courage. I'm confident if you rely on the strength and help of Christ Jesus and Holy Spirit that you will overcome whatever obstacle is in front of you right now. I also urge you to give thanks to God. Give him thanks even during hardships. There are so many people all over the world going through pain, sorrow, discouragement and disappointment for a number of reasons. But remember that Jesus Christ is your refuge and your strength. He will guide you in what to do, in what to say and where to go. But I urge you, give thanks to Jesus right now. How can I give thanks to God if things aren't going well with me? I hear you say, I know it's difficult. It's not easy, it's difficult. How can you, who's just been robbed at gunpoint, or is deep in financial debt, or you've just got news from the doctor that you have cancer and you've only got a few months to live, whatever affliction you're going through right now, give thanks to God. Not for the affliction and the bad things you're going to, but there's always something to give thanks for. You're listening to the podcast right now, aren't you? You've got breath in you, life. Give thanks to God for the life you have. It's so difficult, I know, almost impossible to give thanks. But Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You don't have to be happy to be joyful. Happiness and joy are completely two different things. You don't have to be happy to be joyful, but pray. Give thanks to God and you will overcome the problems in your life. I pray that you have peace and comfort from our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know how you feel in your circumstance right now. I don't. But Jesus does. Ask Jesus to reveal himself to you and tell him your problems and he will carry them away from you. He will take them on. Give thanks to him. Because giving thanks to him in difficult times is an act of faith on your part and he is faithful to those who walk by faith and not by sight. And if all is well with you, glory be to God. You're overflowing with milk and honey. Give thanks in good times. It makes you appreciate your blessings more and it humbles you before God. May the peace and love of Christ Jesus be with you always. And I pray in the powerful and glorious name of Jesus Christ that if you are terminally ill, I want to begin the podcast by praying for divine healing for you. But before I do, I want you to repent. And it's not to say that only sinners get sick. No, even believers get sick. We live in a broken world. Complete salvation will only be realized when Christ comes again and he will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. You can read that in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. But I want you to repent, so that we can present our prayer to Jesus, who will present your request so perfectly before our Heavenly Father, completely cleansed from sin. So let's pray. I'm sorry, God, that I have sinned against you, 
Please, Lord Jesus, forgive me. And if there's any sin in my life that I am not aware of, please, by the Holy Spirit, may you open my eyes and heart to that sin so I may come before you in repentance and sin no more. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins. I love you. Amen. If you confessed your sin with a sincere heart to our Lord Jesus Christ, you will start to feel that burden being lifted from you. That is a promise from Jesus Christ. He will forgive you of your sins. The first thing I want you to realize though is don't feel condemned if you are sick. Don't think you are sick because you are a sinful person. We are all sinners. We just live in a broken world. You are made fully right with God through Christ. And if you obey Jesus' teachings, you will never die. You can study this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 and in John chapter 8, verse 51. Turn towards God's word and do not let it out of your sight, but keep them in your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. Finally, before we pray, do not doubt. Do not doubt what you ask God. James in chapter 1 verse 6 tells us, By when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So do not doubt, but believe in your heart and soul that Jesus is going to hear your prayer and will heal you. Let us pray together now. Dear Christ Jesus, you are the greatest healer. I come before you in faith to ask that you comfort and bring divine healing to those listening who are sick. Give them strength and a joyful heart assuring them that you can heal today just as you healed when you were here on earth because you are alive in us right now. But if it is not according to your will to heal today then we will rest on the assured promise of healing when you come again with the promise of a resurrection body when there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. My faith and trust is in you, Christ, alone with all my heart. And I lean not on my own understanding, for we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Thank you, Jesus, for your divine healing on my broken body. By your grace, may I continue to lean on you for strength and protection. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Not a very joyful way to open the show, and I know I may come across as being downcast most of the time, but I am full of joy because of Christ Jesus. I have loads of fun with my family. In fact, my two daughters, yes, I have been blessed with two beautiful daughters. The oldest is seven, whilst the youngest is about... Uh, it is about... <laughs> My wife's going to kill me. She's about to turn four. That's what I meant to say. Uh, but sometimes they get fed up with me because I'm too playful and silly with them. Anyway, but whenever I speak the word of God, I, I do tend to show that I, I am the serious in, in me. But that's because... I warned you in my first podcast, I'm not serving you some fast food, make me feel good for now word of God message that will gain me popularity and increased followers. No, I do this for his glory, Jesus Christ's glory. 
I pray always before the show that Holy Spirit guide me to speak only what is from God, never to add or subtract from His Holy Word, because I will be accountable for it. I will be judged more strictly for misguiding you if I don't say exactly according to the Word of God, from cover to cover in the Bible. So I don't feel right, for instance, to say to you that to be saved, all you need to do is say the sinner's prayer, believe in Jesus with all your heart, repent and you're saved. No, because if I say the sinner's prayer and I and I have faith in Jesus and repent my sin once, but yet I go to the nightclub the next day and overindulge in alcohol, get drunk, lust over woman, am I really saved? Am I not living just like the world? But the Word of God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm not here to deceive you. No. It's not easy for me to tell you this because there are things that many don't want to hear. So many churches today preach lies just to gain more members. They are more worried about what people will think than they worry about what God thinks. Salvation is by faith alone in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Making a decision to accept Christ, following no repentance or obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ will not save you. It is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith in Christ Jesus. If you carry on reading from Ephesians chapter 2, um, and in verse 9 it says, Not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. It is by grace you have been saved, through faith in the Son of God, Christ Jesus, and what He did on the cross. So even if I pray every day, I pay my tithe, I'm faithful to my wife, I'm honest in doing my business, I do everything right before God, and I think that by doing all these good things that I will be commended by God, then the day I die, I go to hell. Don't say, that's not fair. Not fair is God saving us from hell, because for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. And I love how even the faith we have is not from our own strength, but a gift from God. So you can't even say, because I had faith in Jesus, I got saved. No, God gave you the gift of faith. I can't boast about how many sinners I've saved by preaching the gospel. No, because I didn't give the gift of faith, but God. The glory is God's, and rightly so, because the human heart is wicked, and we can fall easily into the trap of self-pride. So God made sure we couldn't take the credit for our own or other people's salvation in any way whatsoever, and gave us the gift of faith itself. Amazing. Hallelujah. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 to 31. The account of the thief at the cross with Jesus is a great example of salvation by grace. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 39 to 43. 
It says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Faith in Jesus saved that criminal, praise God. But preceding faith in Jesus Christ must come repentance and a turning away from sin and no longer conforming to this world. But that criminal didn't repent, you say. Oh yes, he did. Look up the definition of confession. It is admitting that one is guilty of a crime. Did he not confess that he was guilty of a crime? That criminal humbled himself before Jesus saying that he, I'm talking of the criminal here, deserves to be on that cross for the wrong that he has done, but not Jesus. Jesus is innocent. And Jesus saved him. Salvation by grace and faith in Jesus Christ alone. The fear of God. The fear of God. That criminal said, don't you fear God? The fear of God. So many of us have lost that fear of God. Don't you fear God? That's what the criminal said when rebuking the other criminal. We need to have that fear of God in us if we are to overcome the temptations of this world. And I believe that once you have fully accepted Christ Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah, that you will have a conviction by Holy Spirit to turn away from sin. Holy Spirit in you will convict you every time you sin against God. A conviction to prompt us to confess and to restore our relationship with God and to continue to receive His blessings. So if you continue to sin knowingly and purposefully saying, I'm saved by grace, God's grace is sufficient. Don't twist God's words. Don't be fooled. For the word of God says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, that no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Now that you are in Christ and Christ is in you, I can assure you that you will have a burden in your heart for the sin of this world. You will no longer lust over the things of this world and continue to live a sinful life. If you do, I urge you to examine yourself because your salvation is questionable at this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 encourages to do just that. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. We are to examine our faith continually throughout our lives here on earth. Now, we all fall and stumble at one point in time. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not. I stumble sometimes, especially when I'm tired, for instance, and I lose my temper easily. But by God's grace, I have a conviction immediately that I've done wrong 
And I immediately ask God for forgiveness and to help me to be more like Him, Jesus, but with a sincere heart. But I used to feel condemned sometimes, saying, how can I be saved if I keep on sinning, Lord? My body is weak, but my spirit is willing to do right. Don't let the devil fool you by making you feel condemned. The spirit of condemnation is not from God. That is the devil's doing to try draw you away from God. Just as when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they immediately felt ashamed and condemned and tried to hide from God in Genesis chapter 3. Condemnation is a spirit from the devil to try push you away from God. If you feel condemned for your sins, pray in the powerful name of Jesus and repent and you will be free from your sin. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. It tries to bring you back to God in repentance. I feel like Paul who hates sin, repents of it and asks for God's grace to help him to sin no more. But just as Paul confirms in Romans chapter 7 uh, verse 15, Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Most of the times we stumble is because we have relied on our own strengths. We need to have godly sorrow when we sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 to 11. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. But I urge you not to sin continuously. It is not the will of God that you continue to sin. And if you continue to sin with no conviction, but filled with condemnation afterward, please examine your faith. Repent. Sin no more. How do you know that you are saved? You are saved when you want, with all your heart, to live a holy life that does only according to the will of God, our Father in heaven. If your desire is to serve Jesus by faith and live a life that is fully obedient to God the Father, Yes, fully obedient to God the Father. We read this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone, Jesus was saying, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven for simply calling out the name of Christ Jesus. He said so in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, Jesus said. Do the will of God. That's so very important. Do the will of God in the life you live. Proclaiming Jesus' name is not enough. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, Jesus said, Many will say to me on the day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What is lawlessness? Breaking God's command. Turn away from sin and turn to God with repentance and a desire to abide by his laws and will. His grace, you have been saved through faith in Christ Jesus, but it must proceed by repentance and a love for doing God's will. 
however if you stumble but with a sincere and honest heart and soul you truly didn't want to sin the holy spirit will convict you of that sin and you will repent you must repent and pray to god's grace to give you strength to sin no more then god will put you back on a path to salvation but choose the small gate and the narrow road that leads to life i urge you choose that small gate matthew chapter 7 verse 14 says enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction and there are many who will enter through it many who will enter through it for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few who find it it just came to mind at church this sunday and in case you don't know i live in malawi in central africa and it has been declared last year the number one poorest country in the world anyway in church this sunday i noticed a malawian man who from what he was wearing i, I could tell he wasn't very wealthy um, nonetheless he was giving his tithe and i could see he gave a few like 50 quacha notes probably not even one us dollar in value but god convicted me at that very moment he reminded me of the poor widow's offering in luke chapter 21 verse 1 to 4. it says as jesus looked up he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury he also saw a poor widow putting in two very small copper coins truly i tell you he said this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. You see, I gave thousands of kwacha more than that man, but I gave from my wealth. But that man gave out of his poverty. He gave so much more. We see yet again in this example, it is not about money. God couldn't care less for your tithe and money. It's already his anyway. But the giving of tithe is God's way to test your faithfulness and obedience. Just as he required obedience from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Let's live lives according to God's will and not according to the desires of this world. You want true salvation? Do the will of the Father in heaven. Even Jesus during his ministry here on earth only did according to God the Father, his will. Let's read in John chapter 4 verse 34. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let us finish well, so that on the day of judgment our God may say to you, Well done, good and faithful servant. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your word today, which I pray will direct those listening towards you to do according to your will, our Father in heaven. May you bless all those listening with your grace so that they can overcome temptations and be strong and faithful in their walk with you. And if we stumble, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And by your grace, give us a heart of godly sorrow so we can have a desire to sin no more and may we be sanctified by your Spirit, Lord, to live a life that brings glory to you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, Amen. I see his body breaking I see his fingers bleed I 
See the darkness tremble at the ground below his feet And in the darkest hours There on Calvary He was sweetly broken Broken beautifully, broken beautifully So come on into the waters, come let the broken sing Come all your sons and daughters, his love changes everything Come when the fear is fighting, you find in the risen king Come on and let the light in Your love changes everything Yeah.